During spring migration, when I was a teacher in Madison, Wisconsin, I'd wake up at 4 o'clock every weekday morning and head to my favorite birding spot, Picnic Point on Lake Mendota. I'd have to tear myself away by 7.30 so I could make it to the bus stop half a mile from the park entrance to get to school on time. As warblers started appearing in late April and early May, it got harder and harder to leave, but I only missed the bus once. On Thursday, May 5, 1977, I heard the unmistakable buzzy song of a golden-winged warbler, the very first one I'd ever heard in real life rather than on a recording. Hearing it was splendid, but I had to see the bird to add it to my life list. The bird kept singing, and I kept searching minute after minute. Finally, for one brief and shining moment, there it was. It didn't stay out in the open for more than a few seconds, and then whoosh, both the little bird and I were off. I ran as fast as I could, but when I was still a good block away, I saw my bus whiz by. The next bus wouldn't come for half an hour, so I had to run the whole way, more than two miles. I'm not much of a runner, but I had been on the college fencing team at Michigan State just a couple of years before and was still in pretty good shape. Running so far wasn't easy, but at least I didn't poop out. Some of my middle school students were looking at me from a passing school bus, so I waved. I found out later that they were taking bets about whether I'd make it before the bell rang, but I got there with time enough to spare to change into a skirt, which the women teachers were required to wear back then, wash my face, comb my hair, and be at my classroom door smiling as the first kids walked in. Never bet against a bird watcher. Was that two-and-a-half-mile run worth it for a momentary glimpse at a bird? It sure was. From directly beneath, golden-winged warblers look a lot like chickadees with their black bib and white cheeks, though they lack the chickadees' buffy sides. But even a momentary glimpse from the side, above, or face on a singing male reveals the ethereal golden yellow that gives the stunning bird its name. And really, even though Minnesota is the epicenter of their breeding range now, I don't get to see golden wings nearly often enough. The golden-winged warbler is one of the rarest American birds not listed as endangered or threatened and suffering one of the steepest population declines of any songbird species in the past half century. The North American Breeding Bird Survey estimates an overall decline between 1966 and 2014 of 68%. I may live in the epicenter of their most important range, but golden-winged warblers are fussy about habitat. I lived in my house over 20 years before I finally added it to my yard list. Golden-winged warblers nest in shrubby, tangled thickets and other early successional habitats, so our young aspen forests are ideal, at least during the nesting period. 
but soon after the babies leave the nest, their parents lead them to mature forest habitats. So protecting them requires protecting a patchwork of two different habitats up here, and we must also consider their wintering grounds in Central and Northern South America, where they require semi-open woodlands, including bird-friendly coffee farms under a forest canopy. Most coffee plantations destroy habitat for tropical birds, so the only coffee I buy is certified by the Smithsonian as bird-friendly. To celebrate the golden-winged warbler being named the American Birding Association's Bird of the Year for 2024, even while they're thousands of miles away right now, on January 3rd, I got a selfie of Eric Brunke and me at the Saxon Bog standing under the Augie's Boardwalk sign, which has a gorgeous picture of a golden-winged warbler. And when Eric and I went to the visitor center, there was a nice life-sized carving of a golden wing by John Jaronson, which I couldn't resist. The bird of the year may not be the biggest thing in the universe, but it's a good reason to give this splendid bird a little more attention. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.